Walking through the forest with you has been a dream Seeing all the beauty in this world Every bird and squirrel Climbing trees and laughing Throwing rocks in the stream But there's so much more we could do, girl Shoot up heroin and walk out in the sunshine Because happiness and sunbeams make me smile Run through the meadow twirling Having such a good time And I haven't cooked a spoonful Why, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Jordan D. White and welcome to Cast and Wax. This is the official podcast of Waxwork.com, which is my website, which is where I keep all of my virtual stuff. With me, as always, are my two other co-hosts, which are Mr. Rory Sinjin. Hello, Rory. Hello, Jordan. How are you today? Uh, I hope that you're going well. Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, yesterday, Sunday, was my wife's birthday, so that's exciting. Uh, and I spent uh, Saturday kind of celebrating with her. And uh, today uh, is Monday, so I'm back at work and everything like that. Yes, this is actually a little confusing. It is. It is. I mean, because I'm talking about, well, I'm talking about yesterday, meaning Sunday, like it's yesterday when it's actually, uh, we're recording this on Sunday, let's be honest. But I mean, for the sake of the podcast, it comes out on Monday officially, so I, pr- I try to pretend it's Monday, as though you're listening to it live. But that's clearly not true. I mean, podcasts didn't work that way. In fact, you typically put it up on the website very late on Sunday, do you not? So it, it completely ruins the, the illusion that you're trying to create. Well, yes, okay, you know, I, I prefer not to talk about the illusions being shattered on the actual podcast itself. Oh, sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I just, it's done now. So, okay, yes, today is Sunday. Today is my wife's birthday, but we did all our celebrating yesterday because um, she's doing homework today and etc. But happy birthday, Devin. Late, a little bit late. And uh, with us, in, in addition to Rory, I have with us uh, Mr. Scape White. Hello, Dad. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. Well, how are you? I am great. Uh, really great. Because I know today I get to premiere my new show, which is uh, awesome of a thing to have happen. So, <laughs> good stuff. And also, uh, Mom promised... You're giving me mustard today. <laughs> so, double. Double good. Double good for everybody. Uh, everybody will enjoy that. Later today, we are going to be premiering Scape's brand new show, uh, which is a, 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 a nice show. You're probably wondering what we have on the show for you today. Well, we have three, uh, you know, serials. Uh, one Epic Echoes, one Guard Duty, and one very special episode of Debatatorium. It's the final episode of Debatatorium 2006. So, it's the... The selection of our very first Debateator of the Year. The show ran for two seasons uh, on, on the old radio show, so there is a second series of debates, uh, but this is the, the championship round of the very first series. Hopefully you guys will dig it. It's it's a big topic, and it's a big uh, uh, event, uh, but we'll get to that just a little bit later. First, I just wanted to talk again about, because again, in, ca- in case you missed last week, uh, we used to have four hosts on the show, me and three others. Uh, Mr. Frank Allen was on the show, and he, in case you missed it last week, he inherited nine, what was it, nine point, it was nine point something billion dollars. It was a lot of money. He inherited a lot of money, and some people were theorizing that maybe uh, it wasn't true, because, I mean, he got the letter and then stormed out. In fact, you know, well, let's play a clip of that. We have a clip? We do. Let's do a clip of what he said. Uh, this podcast is a joke, just so you know. 
you both. Rory, double f*** you though. So that wasn't nice. People were theorizing maybe it was fake, but it wasn't fake. It was it was real. Yes, he actually did. I I, I did look into it a bit myself. Uh, he actually did inherit that actual money from his uh, apparent uh, relative, and, and I I only wish that I had inherited it instead. Well, I think everybody, of course, yeah, everybody would want to have inherited, but it was Frank, and he told us off, and he stormed out, so he's no longer a part of the podcast uh, in that capacity, I should say, because he's still the host of the stuff we recorded back in Binghamton. I can't, you know, digitally remove him from that. Well, you could. I mean, I, and like I said, I'd be happy to. No, I'm not going to digitally replace him. No, that's that's ridiculous. Scape offered to do that for an episode of Guard Duty. That's not, I mean, this is silly. It's not silly. We could do it. And then I would be more of a star. Scape, you're not a, you're not a star. Look, guys, we're not going to re-edit the shows. that we, I mean, we remastered some of the old stuff just to make them sound better. We're not putting in different people. That's preposterous. So, anyway. So, he did really inherit that money. He, he isn't back. So, if you were just listening to the podcast in the hopes that Frank Allen would come back. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but he's not coming back. So, I mean, because he's rich. So why would he? Um, Rory, you said uh, you looked into it. Is there any word on what he's doing with all this money? Well, uh, no, not not as of yet. Uh, from, from what I understand, he quit his job, which is understandable. That's a lot of money. Uh, you don't want to work at a supermarket when you have that much money. It's, there's no need. Um, you don't even have to go to the supermarket when you have that much money. I think people will go for you. Either that or the supermarkets will come to you. One of the two. But uh, beyond that, I, I couldn't say. I, I mean, like I said, I would theorize that he will try to do some sort of thing to make himself famous, get himself a show, you know, something to that effect. But at this point, it is unclear exactly how he will go about doing that. But I, I do plan to, you know, keep looking into it, so I will let you know if anything comes up from that. Well, I mean, I don't want to turn this show into the What's Happening with Frank Allen show. I mean, he's, you know, he's he's left the show. I just thought maybe you had, had known something. Oh, no, not yet. Nothing other than quitting his job. Well, again, understandable. So, okay, um, let's move on. In fact, you know what? It's it's a big show. That, that debatatorium episode is quite long. So let's jump right into the shows. This is an episode of Epic Echoes, the Backward Series. It's a fun one. Uh, it involves uh, the very beginnings of Jimmy Kovacs' run for the White House. Uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Uh, let's get right into it. It's called The Dogs of War. Ah, oh, dogs? Yes, yes, yes. Do- uh, you were in this one, Scape. You remember. You played Fertress. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the dog? Yes, that's what... Okay, let's, why don't we spoil it for everybody? I mean, it's in the title, but I, let's not talk about it anymore. Here we are, Epic Echoes, The Dogs of War. The Backward Series, Season 2, Episode 10, The Dogs of War, by Daniel Schwartz. How long has it been now? 27 hours with no signs of stopping. It had been three weeks since the flashback had first proposed amending the Constitution to allow Jimmy to run for president. Three weeks of benefit dinners and fancy restaurants. So many forks. Which is your salad? You start at the end and work your way inward. What about this one over here? That's the savory fork. You use it for savories. Okay, when are those? In place of the dessert. There's no dessert? Suffering Schrodinger! Lobbying on the blog, Ixie. In the first place, you misspelled mandate. In the second, you're wrong. And scrupulously following the debates in Congressional Committee. How many more complimentary boxes of donuts do we have? Only three! Crap, 
Yep, who'd have thought legislation took so many baked goods? In that time, they'd heard rumors of a mysterious saboteur who'd been stalking them ever since they returned to the present. Finally, the 56th Amendment was before the Senate, where a positive vote would almost guarantee its passing. Unfortunately, they'd hit a stumbling block. Violet Shores of Bavaria! Is there anything else on television? The news is covering it, too. Look. While still a long way from Presidron's 80-hour performance, Senator Grace's filibuster is the current record for a human speaking on the floor of the Senate. The Senator is currently reading from the Lotus Sutra, a work he states is of great personal significance. Oh, whatever. I hate it when fundamentalists use holy texts to further their own agendas. Why doesn't anyone tell him to sit down? They can't. According to Senate procedures, a Senator can keep the floor as long as he can physically stand on it. <laughs> Doesn't matter what he does there, so long as he stays upright. Strom Thurmond did it for more than a day to protest the Civil Rights Act. Sheesh, sounds like something only jerks do. Well, I wouldn't put it that... well, maybe it's more of a coincidence? Historically, it's been used repeatedly to block legislation that would radically expand personal liberties. The 56th Amendment certainly fits the bill. Then why do we let people do it? Because it's a way for the minority to make their voices heard. It often forces compromise, which is important for a democracy. Sounds stupid. If we let one or two naysayers block major change, we'd never get anything done! We'd also be disenfranchising anyone who didn't hold the same opinion as the majority. Like bigots and fanatics? Sounds reasonable to me. Oh, easy for you to say. We can't all solve our problems by beating people up. Oh, so my physical superiority invalidates my opinion? Nicely done, shrimp. Guys, chill. We need to keep a cool head here. Fighting won't get us anywhere. It's strange, though. What do you mean? Grace's position on voter empowerment has always been positive. He's against almost everything else, but voter empowerment is a real hot button for him. Now that you mention it, let's check his site on the extranet. Slatter called up the senator's extranet site, which was garishly decorated in red, white, and blue, with liberal doses of saffron. Several pre-recorded messages were available for first-time visitors. Hello, friends. Welcome to my site. In this environment, you can explore my career, read up on my voting history in the Senate, and listen to some key speeches. Don't forget to leave me some comments. This is unreal. He's voted against childcare, social services, education, health coverage, art endowments, even public transportation. Does he like anything? Luna. He voted in favor of lunar statehood and the electronic voting initiative. Here, listen to this. Everyone deserves a chance to express themselves in the democratic form. Consistently throughout my career, I've fought hard to make sure that every American has access to the ballot box come election day. The more people we involve in the process, the more diverse and full the political discussion becomes. Keen's right. This is out of character for him. wonder what it means. What do you think, Max? Max? Max Thornfield, intrepid leader of the Flash Pack, was staring intently at the television screen. He caught a brief sheen that passed over Senator Grace's face as he read through the Lotus Sutra. Most people might pass it off as a trick of the light, but Max had a great deal of experience with glamours, and this felt just a little too familiar to pass off so easily. Huh? What? Grace is acting weird. What do you think? What do I think? I think we've just found our mysterious nemesis. Huh? Fertress, can you get me into the Senate chamber? Uh, sure. Why? Let's just say that there's something I want to show him. You want us to come, Max? We'd better travel light. Dralis, you're with me. Got it. What? It's easy, Molly. Just wait here. Okay, guys. We should have Jimmy in the running and our mystery terrorist captured in no time. Flashback! Flashback! In a string of incantations. Wow, 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 wow.
Max Fertress and Giles inside the Senate chamber. Senator Randall Marsh, chairman of the Senate Rules Committee, approached them rapidly. You have a flashback, yes? Yep. Max Thornfield, Mr. Senator. Mr. Thornfield, this is most irregular. You've stumbled out of nowhere onto the Senate floor. To what end did you attempt this wild stunt? Don't worry, sir. We've got everything in hand. I should hope so. Drellis, throw Fertress past the senator. What? My pleasure. As the Buddha. Kitty. Senator Grace took off after Fertress, his tongue lolling out. As he caught the unwitting Catman in his mouth, his face shimmered and waved, his body growing longer and furrier, and his ears flopping out to the sides. Got the kitty! Got the kitty! I did good! On the contrary, my feline-fetching friend, your fiendish facade has been flawlessly foiled. What? It means we know you're a dog, you big jerk! Now here we go! Curses! God, time to pull! Not so fast, loser. I've got an ass-kicking with your name on it! That's nice, little girl. I'm the big man around here, see? The dog creature extended an arm, which swelled to exponential size before swinging around to hit Dralis clear across the chamber. But no sooner had Dralis made impact than she leapt back across the floor. The creature's legs twisted and snapped into a faster shape, and he bolted for the door. Oh, no you don't, you son of a... Dralis clotheslined the dog being as he tried to leave the chamber. Security guards descended on him, cuffing him before he could recover. Some kind of shapeshifter. Who is he? Ernie Herbert, the Schneider Canetti, a stuck for the Syriusian Mafia! And we only know one person with connections to the Syriusian Mafia. You'll never take me alive, Flashpack! If you insist. I don't think you really needed to kill him, Dralis. How else could we make an example of him? Now to deal with you-know-who. What a woman! One reputation-destroying expose later. And in a rare moment of honesty from the White House, President Smitty has admitted to attempted sabotage to prevent Jimmy Kovacs from winning his party's nomination. Mistakes were made, but I have no doubt that in my place, Jimmy would have done the same thing. Psst, as if, loser. Can't believe Smitty would do something that underhanded. Whatever happened to the real Senator Grace? The Syriusians were holding him hostage with the Mysterians. He was shaken, but not really hurt. That must have been really hard for him. Aren't two of them... Lesbians? Couldn't have happened to a nicer person. Hey, don't knock it. People like the Senator are Americans, too. They're part of a country I want to help lead. Jimmy's right. America's more than just a country. It's all the people in it working together. Hey, you're right. I never thought of it that way. The amendment quickly passed once Smitty's deception was revealed. The press was quick to descend on Flashpoint, and a few days later found Jimmy on a popular news show. You've had quite a success, Mr. Kovacs. Uh, The 56th Amendment was approved by an overwhelming margin. Thanks, Frank. I hope it's indicative of a bigger victory in the election. You're confident in your victory? It's not going to be easy. Senator Marsh is a DC veteran with a lot of experience under his belt. I respect and admire him, but I won't let that stop me from trying my best on the campaign trail. And have you given any thought to your running mate? I'm glad you asked. Think you're up for the job? I beg your pardon? You. And the cameraman. And all the people watching. I want to make the American people my vice president. America's not just a country. It's millions of different people working together to make a difference. I want to tap into that. I'm not just running for America. I'm running with America. Kovacs America in November, Frank. And so, with an entire country as his running mate, can Jimmy win the White House? What new adventures await Jimmy on the campaign trail? Have we seen the last of the mysterious Slimer Kennedy? Tune in next week for Epic Echoes. Who's to blame? In that episode of Epic Echoes, Guinevere Eckert was the narrator... Nicholas Roach was Max Thornfield, Angela Tymon was Dralis, Devon White was Molly, Lynn Nelson was Slaughter, 
Tongwen Wong was Keen, Daniel Schwartz was Jimmy Kovacs, Scape White was Fertress, Frank Allen was the newscaster, Sam Thomason was Randall Marsh, Ryan Larranger was High Priest Daniel, Patrick Ganan was President Smitty, and Gabe Harrison was Senator Jason Grace and Slimer Canetti. The theme song was by Michael Temporary Card McCaskey. Thank you very much, Rory. And we are back doing the host thing. Uh, what now, Scape? You were in that episode, and you played Fertress Fuzzbottom as always uh, in Epic Echoes. What was it like playing against a giant dog creature? Oh well, let me tell you, it was pretty red. And here's why: because dogs are, are stupid and are stink and are not cool. It's interesting. It's interesting that you say that. So, what do you think is the best way to deal with dogs? Oh, uh, hiss. Hiss at them. Dogs don't really appreciate being hissed at. I mean, nobody really likes being hissed at, let's be honest. But dogs, I think that's the best way. You just kind of like hiss sound. And then, um, if you, if you have to smack them with your paw, you could do it. Uh, that's, that's all pretty good ways. What, now, why don't you like them? I don't understand. What, what's so bad about dogs? Oh, dad, they bark. They make this like loud noise. It's like, woof, 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 woof. What is that all about? That's not a sound you're supposed to make. Uh, you gotta do, like, you know, gentle sounds and cat sounds. And you only hiss if you're angry. And maybe growl, growl. But you don't bark. That's weird. They get all like, uh, up, uptight and barky and like jumping around and yelling. And it's like, no thanks. I've got better things to do with my time. That's true. That's true. I'm sure you do. Speaking of having better things to do with your time, we now have something else to listen to. And that's probably a better use of our time than just talking about dogs for no reason. I agree. Dogs are stupid. Talking about dogs is like such a waste. Why would anybody want to talk about them? Because they're ugly. They, sometimes, did you know they have like tongues? Sometimes a cat might be like cleaning himself and have his tongue out. Right? But like dog's tongues are like out a lot. <laughs> And it's, it's like, okay, dumbass, why is your turn out? You look stupid. Yes. So, speaking of moving on with our lives and not wasting time talking about dogs, yeah. let's listen to Rory. Did you have a This Day in History for us? Of course I do. What do you take me for? I'm a professional. I have This Day in History, and where are they now in history as well? Excellent, excellent. Well, let's listen to it. Uh, today is what, the 24th? Well, I mean, as we said, today is the 23rd, but the podcast comes out on the 24th. So what happened on the 24th, Rory? Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On November 24th, 1859, on the origin of the species by means of natural selection, a groundbreaking scientific work by British naturalist Charles Darwin is published in England. Darwin's theory argued that organisms gradually evolve through a process he called natural selection. So furthermore, on page 387 of my masterpiece, you can clearly see... I do love with playing with fire. Snap, 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 snap. Oh, yes. Don't do that! Ah, oh, fire! Oh, no, my presentation is spread everywhere and incredibly flammable because it's made out of kerosene paper. How do I, Charles Darwin, inventor of evolution and bane of Christianity, escape from this building? Darling, the emergency exits are this way. Sounds like a good idea. Let's go and leave Charles Darwin to his fate. Irony. Science. The fact that Charles Darwin was not aware of his emergency exits did put him in that predicament. Fortunately, the god of his religion, science, opened up a magical doorway for him and saved him, thus saving all of humanity. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton.
But pray hold on a moment. My name is Roy Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Yes, I'm sure you know it was shortly thereafter that Charles Darwin did become the Pope of Science and erected a science Vatican in Switzerland. Now, unfortunately, the very large room that Charles Darwin made his science proclamations from, where he would talk to the God of Science and say, here's how science works from now on, gravity only works in reverse and everything is pulled automatically upwards, so we have to have new ropes in all places so people can hold on. The room it was in was a very large room, but it had lots of tapestries in it that were very, very flammable. And Charles Darwin declared, I now declare that fire will burst forth from, you know, the ground on a periodical basis, and science burst forth from the ground on a periodical basis, caught fire to those tapestries that I was referring to earlier, and again, Charles Darwin suffered from that exact same problem. He didn't know where his emergency exits were. Um, in addition to that, he also didn't know where the emergency exits of life were, and he died, and then he double-died, because, you know, it was a double situation where he didn't know the real emergency exits or the metaphysical ones. Make sure you know where your emergency exits are whenever you're in a building, because you never know when you might have to, you know, Know, exit in an emergency. My name is Roy Sinjin and this is Wow, are they now in history? I'm Captain Wax. And that is the true story of how science was defeated. R- uh, Rory, you know that that's not A, that's not true, and B, that I don't like that. So, Well, I'm sorry, but uh, that's history. That's not something I made up. It's something I discovered in another reality. Yes, another reality. Okay, another reality, but uh, why Frank leaves and now I'm stuck being the person saying you're full of crap. Well, I'm not full of crap. Well, you are full of crap in this case because science A is not a religion and B, it's true. And C, you can't like change facts about science. You can't just decide that science, I mean, oh God. Do I have to even do this? I mean, I think everybody knows, right? Everybody at home, can you nod if you know? I'm assuming you're all nodding. Okay, good. I don't think that actually works. I think it works. Uh, come on, Rory, come on. You Obviously, you don't believe that. Well, no, but it's another reality. So in another, in another reality, re- science can be a religion and can have its tenets changed, you know, by someone who makes an edict. No, there's no... How can that even... It's not possible. Oh, sweet Jesus in heaven. Speaking of sweet Jesus in heaven, and actually speaking of religion, and speaking of all these things, uh, this next episode we have up is actually very related to all of this, now that I think about it, because it is, as the final debatatorium episode for 2006, they chose a very hot-button issue, namely the existence of God, whether or not God exists. Um, This is a matter of Obviously, some great debate over history, and it'll be nice to have it decided once and for all, I would imagine. If Frank was here, he'd probably be very proud of himself that he, he was the one who settled this issue, but he's not, uh, so he can take a flying leap. <laughs> very good. So, what we're going to do is we're going to get right to it, and it's a good episode of the show, regardless of who the host is. Here we are with Debatatorium. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Debatatorium 2006. This is the champion debate, uh, deciding once and for all who is the debate. I'm fumbling with my words here. I'm so excited. Who is the debateator of the year? We have, of course, two amazing uh, debaters here who have, well, I was going to say who won all the debates before that, but that's actually a lie. So let's introduce our two debaters. Of course, debater number one. Hello, this is Lord Vanton Zest, and I plan on racking up yet another victory in the name of logic, alchemy, and fashion. Yes, and uh, now you have won, uh, now was it three three debates so far? Yes, I do believe so. You, you proved to us that the Iraq War was right. Yes. 
You prove to us abortion is wrong, and r- I believe monkeys will win over robots. Yes, yes, all of these things are as we've shown. And true. I did so while defeating the most crass, barbaric of opponents. That is. I hope true. this week will actually yield me a much more polite and refined opponent. Well, let's have you meet your opponent. Uh, please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Dot. I'm the smallest person in the world. Hello, welcome to the uh, program. Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, now, you, of course, uh, have only won one debate, correct? This is true. But Although you... I was right about the one I lost. Well, no. I mean, we proved that you were wrong. Hey, we all believe we're right. Doesn't mean we actually are. However, last week you did uh, you did uh, show us that uh, global warming was not real. True. Not real. Okay. That's true. All right. So that's good. That's good. Now, uh, thankfully, we found a topic that you guys are absolutely diametrically opposed on. And it's, uh, of course, a very big issue. But it's pretty obvious that uh, Lord Zess believes that there is a god and uh, Dot here believes that there isn't. And we're going to decide this once and for all. It's pretty straightforward, simple. Now, uh, as the attacker, Dot, I'm going to let you go first. And uh, tell us why. Why is it that there is, in fact, no God? It's just not true. It's, uh, I mean, it's very easy to look at science and I've how, heard of it. yes, the the thing that we Science. the thing we use to to prove things true or not, um, and and to look at evolution, the process of, of how we came to be, and uh, there is no God, um, you know, and and that's sort of an earthly perspective on it in general that evolution is true and God isn't. Um, on Planet Small, where I used to live, um, th- we actually have ways of looking at every dimension of the universe, and uh, we we have not seen such a being so. Now, you said every dimension of the universe. Yes. How many of those are there? 26. 26 dimensions? Yes. Okay. And why isn't there 27, for example? Um, We don't know yet, but there isn't. Definitely? Uh, pretty definitely. We're uh, still looking, uh, but uh, but right. no. Well, no. Lord Zest, do you want to say something about that? Yes, it's uh, quite simple, actually. The reason why there is a god. I mean, how else can I be... Well, such a beautiful young man. Why alchemy exists, and I'm absolutely wonderful at it. And why I've done such a smashing job in these past few debates. Hang on, are you implying that you're God? No, 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 I'm not saying that I am God. Oh, good. I'm saying that there is a God, and he's simply on my side. It's, well, okay. And so the fact that you have won these debates is the only, is the the biggest proof of God. Oh, yes, that and my inherent beauty. I mean, I I guess I can see what you're saying. In a world governed by logic, you would never have gotten this far. Are you, are you saying? Saying that you're not smart uh, enough to have won you them are on your both own? putting words in my mouth. I demand that you stop it right there. I'm not saying that. I'm just simply saying that a lot of good things have been happening to me lately, and though I am quite a talented person at heart, I think I may have had a little bit of a divine help. No, nothing human could account for this just simply smashing life so far. So, so yeah. So, like I said, you, so you're you're not succeeding on your own merits, in other words. Oh, I am succeeding on my own merits. I'm just getting a little bit of help along the way. Well, why do you need help if you're succeeding on your merits? Well, we all we all need help in uh, our times of need. Well, why are you in a time of need if you're going to win them naturally? Because by our forces combined, we win. It's you it's, not, it's not so much just God alone or me alone. It's both of us working together. Two dandy old chaps. Okay, well, we do have an expert on the line who does want to say something. Please, introduce yourself. Dot, Dot, honey, this is your mother. Oh, hi, uh, so Mrs. Small, right? No, didn't, didn't you hear the girl? She ain't got a last name. So what's your I'm name? I'm sorry, I don't know this person at all. Oh, Dot, shush, honey. Oh, denial. Who, who, who are, what's your name, ma'am? I, I, I am, I am Amy. I'm Dot's mother, and... 
Dot, honey, I just wanted to tell you, don't, don't give in to peer pressure. You know there's no such thing as God, and don't let any flippy little Nancy tell you otherwise. Nancy? Did she just call me a Nancy? Hold on. Uh, yeah. Mom, I'm 27. I don't need you to help me with peer pressure anymore. Well, you don't look yes, 27. But, but, I'm honey. very small. Honey, you also. Me a Nancy. You forgot your sweater, so I, I, I'm mailing it via, via, via fed space to you. Are you fed calling space? me from home? Yes, of course, honey. That's very expensive, Mom. Yes, but you're my daughter, and don't you, you don't ha- call me Mom? anymore, so I have to call you. Mom, I think you need to figure out how to use the phone better. Um, why don't you hang up and try calling someone else? But, Dot. No, okay, no, hold on. Thank you, thank you for calling. But so no, Dot. This I find this very interesting because obviously you have been raised to believe that there's no God. If your mom is calling and saying there's no God, there right? is no God. So you've been our raised planet, with that belief. Our planet has been exploring the twenty-six dimensions of the universe for a very, very long time. We all know that there is no God. There is no proof of any such being as God. So that's the faith you were raised with. Yes. Okay, that's your. It's religion, not a. Fa- so it's not a faith. It's it's true. It's well, fact. Well, I mean that you believe it's a fact. You have faith it's, in the it's fact. It's pretty that it's much a fact. A fact. Right? It's pretty much a fact? Yeah. Zest? This lady is like the Egyptian who lost his camel, stuck in denial. I see. I now, now understand. Now, let me explain why. Because it's a... Well, actually, why would you be riding a camel in a river? That is immaterial to the conversation. Inmaterial? What kind yes, of material? It, <laughs> Probably a nice you are, velvet. You are nitpicking on semantics. Now, let me get to Maybe the thrust a velour, of my... some lace. May I continue? She's talking about fashion. This is your home court. Look, it is not about fashion. It is... <laughs> It is about such things as alchemy, time travel. How could these things exist without the help of God? And how is she able to figure out that there are 26 dimensions? That is so arbitrary. We're very smart. Oh, that's a perfect rationalization. We are the authorities on this matter. Therefore, you should listen to us and everything we say. Yes, that's true. That's exactly what I'm saying. Maybe. But it's wrong. Maybe God told them there was 26 dimensions. Then we would say there was a God. Well, you could be lying, too. I mean, I don't know. Okay, well, you'll have to trust that I'm not. All right, we do actually have another expert here who does want to say something about this. Yeah, um, my name is God. No, hold Uh, on, you're God? Well, yes, I just, uh, I wanted to call in because I've been thinking about this question myself. And I'm not entirely sure I do exist. Mr. Allen, can I interrupt for a minute? Yes. No, I'm, I'm Mr. Allen. Uh, God, you're just having an existential crisis. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I've been thinking, we only know the world through our own perceptions, and I perceive having created the world, Therefore, but how you're do right. I know that's it's true? Over. I think, therefore, I am, but am I really thinking, or do I only believe okay, that I'm I sorry. think? Don't I think about to, such things, God. <laughs> I mean to cut this guy off. First of all, aside from the fact, aside from the fact that this guy has been calling various scientific institutions trying to explain that he's God and he's really not. Um, I would I would kind of like to ask him if he's God why he needs to pick up the telephone and use it. That's a good question, actually. I, I don't really think we can say fairly that there is definitely a phone there to pick up. God? Yes? Where are you calling from? I'm in my room. Where's your room? It's sort of heaven, I think. Oh, don't ask questions of the big man. Well, if well, let's see if it's heaven. Is it white? <laughs> <laughs> 
That doesn't it's mean anything. Sort of dirty off white. That hey, sounds hey, kind that, of like that. That is simply speculation. Heaven is not any particular color. It's whatever color God wants it to be. What God, color? what color do you want it to be? I painted it like this. I th- I think I painted. Well, let's do. If indeed I exist and the paint exists and my memory does not deceive me, then I painted it like this. I perceive having painted it like well, this. You oh, know what? I've, God. Got, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Lord Zest, we can find out if this is the real God. Ask him something that only you and God would really know. Hmm. How pretty is alchemy? Alchemy, yeah, it's pretty, yeah. Okay, um, better question, better question. Um, do you think I'm fashionable? Do I, do you think I look pretty in this? That's, that's not a fashion. That's something only God and I would know. I can't see you. I'm on the phone. Well, we I could, think you're fashionable. Hold on. You can't see him? I thought Thank God you. sees everything. I see. Oh, that's a good point. That's another reason I don't know if I exist or not. Wait, if maybe I the did question, exist, I would God, you're ruining our case here. Maybe the question actually is not whether you exist or not, because I'm confident that you do. Okay, thank but you. But maybe I, the question is, are you God? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I know I'm God. Can, what am I, I here? Big may guy. I test this theory? Oh, please. Yeah. Like, God, when I was six, what did I find in my grandmother's bathroom drawer? A hairbrush. I'm sorry? A hairbrush. No. Now, hold on. Oh. That's not fair because you don't believe in God. So why would you have told God there was a hairbrush? He would have been able to see. Yeah, but if you, But if, there wasn't a hairbrush. If so you don't matter. believe in God, he'd probably keep out of your business, don't you think? No. I believe in privacy. In fact, I think God doesn't care about people. People don't more. care about him. See, God doesn't want I think he'd be in my business more. I think he'd be keeping tabs on me. Look, I'm sorry. I'm a busy God. I'm working in mysterious ways, but I'm working. And you know, I, you know, if, how am I supposed to worry about other people's problems when not only other do people? I not know if they are I'm real, sorry. I don't I, know if I, I am. Did right. you just and say I, other people? I've got one. I've got, I've got a, one question. If you're God, can you make this quarter turn into two quarters? Uh, yeah, I could do that. Stop hogging! Stop hogging the phone! We agreed to split the quarter! Oh, my right. turn! Okay, uh, I think I know who this is. All right, go oh, ahead. Dear. I'm going to get you, Frank Allen, for what you did to me. What I did to you. Once these injuries heal on my magnificent body, I will decorate all of heaven with your carcass. I'm sorry, you're in heaven? That's the name of the hospital you sent me to, jerk! Okay, Maybe okay. that's where the other guy is, too. No, that's what he's saying. He, he just borrowed the phone from him. Krautar and God are in the same place. Heaven. That's not God. That's Lenny. Lenny God. I told you. What's uh, his last name, though? I God. Lenny God. Name. See? I said stop hugging the phone. Hey. Okay, I think God is dead. No, Nietzsche's just an idiot. Now, big guy, big guy. Um, I like how you're coming in to help Arcasia, but are you calling uh, Krautar the big guy? Cause no, I am the biggest of guys. Both of you are big guys. Now look, um. <laughs> Why don't you address me as Krautar? All right, Krautar, 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 whatever your name is. You lost fair and square. You cheated! No, I didn't cheat, and she's the one who beat you. And I, I didn't beat you cheat either. I did not lose to a chair bead. No, you lost no a, opponent. You lost a dot. Piped in sound and an antiquity. Look, Krautar, put the big guy back on the phone for just a second. He's busy bleeding all over my sword. That's... Lovely, but just please put him back on the phone for just a quick moment. Does that mean you finally figured out how to use a sword? I've always used swords through figuring. You know, technically, Lord Zest, he actually, I think, should be on your side because he believes in not that god, but a god. Gods! 
There's not one god. There's many not a god. gods. Not as many because I've killed many of them. Okay. So does that, I don't know who said that. He supports my case several times over. Oh, okay. That's like multiple people voting for I one. I support no one. Uh, well, then we'll just say you agree with me. Okay. Actually, we have I'm, another I'm expert. Sorry. This is like, you have two crazy people on your side. This is not helping you I'm very much. I'm not crazy, just loud. All right. Uh, hold on, Crowther. Now we do have another expert on the line. Uh, I'm uh, Ralph from uh, Staten Island. And I'm calling Crowther the Mad Dog. And I have a question. No, no. Really Kral- it's not Kraltar's show. Wait, wait! Let him ask! Alright, ask your question. <sighs> anyway, I got a question. Only God, maybe Frank Allen would know. You know how Gary Sheffield was traded to the Tigers recently? And I gotta know if that's a good hang idea. Hang up! Hang up! I think what is the relevance to this? I don't, I don't know anything. This is sports radio, isn't it? No, no, no. It should is, be. No, this is so WHRW. Get the, the hell off All right. this line. This is WHRW. This is a debate show about whether there's a God. Do you believe in God? Oh, the hell with you! I guess that sounds like he believes in God if he's saying the hell with us, right? Strike I mean, that's, three. That's a vote for... Well, no, that's three votes for him, none yeah, for you. three crazy people. I do not count it. I am not crazy! Can you hang up on me? I him? was cheated! All right, all right. All right, on. I do not count one of those three. Which one? The the guy from the, trying to get the sports show. All right, well, you're taking away your own evidence. He was calling into the wrong show, and he was... She was she's right, he's crazy. Oh, wait, you know what? You do have a vote. Your mom called in and voted for you. I guess. That's sort of a sympathy vote. She's though. kind of crazy, too, so I don't count her either. All right. Well, so far we've got, we don't have that much great evidence, unfortunately. Well, maybe we I should... I have plenty of evidence. What is it? There are 26 dimensions and God is not in any of them. Tell All us right. about that. All right. Oh, no. Yeah. I'll follow my own counter argument. Okay. God created 27. You just haven't found the 27th one yet. Not possible. Oh, why isn't it possible? Because the dimensions are actually finite, and we found the walls and the lines and the ends of all of them. Oh, God- God- They're actually alphabetized, too! God told me that there are 27 dimensions. He agrees with me that it's quite finite, but you're just simply too arbitrary with your number of dimensions. You gave up at number 26. No, I think you have voices in your head telling you things. No, I think you have voices in your head. You yes, just call real it science. Voices. voices coming from people who go scientifically. To Imaginary people. You're telepathic. No, then I why mean are they in your head. I don't know. Because they tra- the voices travel through my ears and into my brain. The way that most people work. I well. The way okay. that my voice is in your head right now. All right, if I would like to say is... that there are two crazy people on her side now. Who's the other one? Her. Oh, I get it now. All right. Um. Well, unfortunately, it's about time for. Stop the... ignoring me. Kraltar, do you want me to come to that hospital? Foster? Just want attention. I'm lonely. Don't make me come there, because I will... Please visit. All right, I'll send, I'll send you a flower. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. Um, now we're going to have... This is it. This is it. We're going to the closing arguments of the championship debateator debate. Please, uh, give it, bring it home for, for me, would you, Miss Small? My name is Dot. Sorry. There is no God... There are 26 dimensions to the universe on planet small. We have a very advanced scientific community who has explored all of the 26 dimensions in all of their finite dimensions. And there is no God. There is no proof of such a being. We evolved through evolution, and that is all there is to it. Now, I thought before you said you were still looking. We're still looking just in case, but uh, there's no real reason to. So then that's irrational of you. No. If there's no reason to. Look, look. We, we always have to allow for the opportunity... That there's a God. ...to discover new things. Like not necessarily Perhaps, but I don't believe that there is one. So you no are evidence not so far. 100% confident in your I side. am, I am. So, some scientists are not, so they're still searching. I am not part of that community. And you think those scientists are fools? Yes, All I right. do. Well, then how can we trust your science if the scientists are fools? Because these are not the same scientists that discovered the original 26 dimensions. These are new, radical scientists who think that there might still be a god somewhere. Well, that's a little confusing. You're a little confusing. I'm pretty straightforward. How oh, look, she's getting combative now. Lord Zest, please. 
please give us your final arguments. I'll say this. I've won three debates so far, but I will be highly offended if I lose this one because out of all the debates I've been in, out of all the mockeries that was logic that was my opponent's viewpoint, this has been the greatest travesty I've ever had to sit through. I have been called names during this debate, and I have heard some of the most arbitrary arguments I have ever heard in my life. 26 dimensions? She just made it up! It is so blatantly obvious. She has given no evidence. She just simply said, I am a scientist, therefore I am right. Well, guess what? God has spoken to me and he says that there are 27 dimensions. And I think that's good enough evidence. So, I believe I should win this debate for that reason. Mr. Allen, before you make your decision, may I just clarify a couple of things really quickly? First of all, I'm not a scientist. I just come from a planet where the science is extremely advanced. So then why should we listen to you if you're not even a scientist? Because I know science. Because I, I live among scientists. Not as well as a scientist would know science. Sure, if you want to call them, they'll say the same thing. I don't have Second of numbers. all, I will say this. If there was a god, and if he was, as most people on your planet seem to believe, good, I don't believe that Lord Zest would have won, because he seems to be winning based on luck and based on his fashion sense. A very and, good fashion sense! And not the use of his brain, which is proportionally smaller to his body than mine is. My god, she insults me again! Well, I think she's claiming it's a fact and not an insult. That's true. Well, it's wrong! Okay, well, do you want to say anything back to that before we do to make the decision? Because she did get an extra chance to talk. Um, they're tiny. That's true, thank you. Does that prove that there's a god in some way? Cause Somehow, I'm, I'm, I suppose. I'm not seeing it. Okay, well, you know what? I think it's time for me to make the decision. And it's a tough one. I'm thinking about it really hard. But, you know what? Despite the fact that, uh... Over on Tractor Fiction, we decided Jack, Jack Chick was wrong about pretty much everything. Lord Zest, there is a god. I knew it! And, uh, I... What you, you were... I have the superior logic, I have the divine logic, and I have a mandate now as the champion of this debate tournament! And you, you... I, uh, thanks, I just want to say thanks. Help me work through a lot of You're things. You're not god! Uh, go away! He yes, might be... he is! He granted me victory! Stop bleeding on me! Okay. No, 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 I would, hold on, I would hold like on. to think... Fashion, I would like to thank alchemy, and I would like to thank, well, my simple awesomeness and my superior intellect, which, I'm Aren't sorry, Doc, but small people equal small brains. Oh, yes, and you too, Frank Allen. No, I meant, you know. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah God. You're welcome, I, I would, think. I would also like to extend thanks to all of you, and... You can't thank us, you lost. Listen, listen, and yes, the rest of... sarcastic. And she the gave me a good winner. And the rest of Planet Earth, Loser. because you have helped facilitate my decision to move back to Planet Small, where people are smart. Well, that's oh, okay. Come on, don't let the boot hit your ass on the way out. We shall, we shall miss you, Miss Small. It's very nice to have you My here. name is Dot! I'm sorry. Oh, get the hell out already. And, uh, Lord Zest, you can now add to your title, in addition to Lord, uh, you can add Debateator of the Year 2006. I believe my new name shall be Lord and Champion, Vanton Zest. Lord and Champion. Now listen, thank you for being here for Debatatorium 2006. This is the final episode of this show. A very fabulous episode, may I add? But don't despair, because next year we'll be back. Why would anyone be despairing? I've won! We're going to be back with Debatatorium 2007. And maybe, Lord Zest, maybe after that season, we'll have you come back and debate that champion. That would be quite fascinating. Thank you all for listening. It's been a pleasure. Good night. That episode of Debatatorium featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Charles Berman, Guinevere Eckert, Lynn Nelson, 
Nicholas Roach, Jacob Thompson, Elijah Weberhan, and Jordan D. White. Thank you very much, Rory. Thank you very much, Rory. So, um, as we said, Frank's not here, so, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it sort of sucks because he's been in both of the shows that we've listened to so far, you know, and it would probably be easier if we could just forget him, but he's kind of a, you know, he's in, he's part of the show anyway. And it just makes me so angry even thinking about him because he, can we, I mean, let me, let's play that clip again. You both. Rory, double f you though. I mean, Jordan, I do, you, I do, I do thank you, sincerely, like I said. But f you, I'm out of here. Can you believe this jerk? This is a guy who I put on my show. He was sitting at home doing nothing. If you listen to those interviews, he was sitting at home recording his own shows into a stupid tape deck. I put him on the air. I had him do all of these radio shows, got him a podcast. I got him on my podcast. He had no clue what he was doing. He was totally unsuccessful. And, and this is what he does. It's just, seriously, I don't even, I don't know, I don't know what, what, I mean, it's like, what did I ever see in him now? You know, why, why would I ever have been friends with him if this was in him the whole time? Well, I mean, well, Jordan, I mean, well, it was in him the entire time, yes, of course. But, you know, you didn't know, and you're a very nice person, typically speaking. You don't, you know, you don't not be friends with people most of the time. I, I don't think, I mean, I, obviously, I don't think I would have been friends with Frank as long as... As you had. And I probably would not have been speaking with him as long as I did if it weren't for the fact that, you know, we were both involved in things you were doing, you know. So, well, this, okay, so what's your point? I, I mean, he, he's still, uh, yes, I don't know. Well, I'm, I don't, I mean, I couldn't say, I, it's not, I don't really have a point. I'm just saying, it was nice of you to be his friend. He, he's a jerk, and I'm, I'm sorry, it's not your fault. Well, I know it's not my fault, it's his fault. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really just, I'm really aggravated. I'm really aggravated. Well, Dad, there is a good Part. What's that? Well, now I get to do my part of the show, right? Because <laughs> he's gone. Well, that I mean, you're right. Yes, that's... I mean, it's. I guess you could call that an upside. It's an upside for you, obviously. So that is true. Well, can, we, can we do it? Is it time? Yes. <laughs> yes, Scape. It is time. We discussed it last time. I, I mentioned my new idea for a show. And this time we've got it all mocked up. Here is the very first episode of Scapey Stories from A Cat in the Dark. Scapey Stories from a cat in the dark. Yes, this is the very first episode of the new segment, Scapey Stories from a Cat in the Dark. I am introducing it because I don't trust Scape to explain it properly, because that's kind of the whole point of the show. Dad, I can explain it. Well, we'll I'm just going to explain it. Basically, I read Scape, a story, a horror story, a scary story, if you will, and Scape is now going to tell it to all of us. But Rory and I will, in fact, be here with him, not to help him explain it. We might have questions for Scape about this story, to say, what about this? And he... Perhaps he'll explain it to us. So, let's settle in for the very first episode. Scape, what is your first story? Well, my very first story is called From Beyond by H.P. Lovecraft. Here it goes. So, like, once upon a time, I had a friend uh, named, like, Crawford. And he was, like, a scientist. And I was... I saw him one time, and he was, like, thin. He, he hadn't been eating a lot of stuff, like, most food or whatever. He didn't look so good. He was, like, thin. And I was like, what's going on, dude? Why are you all thin? How did you get all thin? And he was like, oh, well, scapey. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. This is a story about you? Uh, no, but I mean, I don't know. It, it's like, it says I, 
And I'm carrying it, so... So you're just going to have it be about you? Should I be imagining a cat? Um, I don't know. That's what I'll do. All right. Continue. Go ahead. Oh, so, where was I? Uh, here's what... All right, Scopey, let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm doing uh, experiments, okay? And they're about, like, the world. And, you know, you can only smell so many things. And you can only see so many things. And you can only hear so many things. Uh, <clears throat> maybe there's other things you can't even smell. Smell or see or hear or taste or um, touch with your whiskers or whatever, and maybe there's other things. Hmm. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. Probably not because if if I if it was there, I would see it or I would smell it or I would you know the things I said. It would be no problem. Uh, but he was like, no. This is my experiments. That's what I'm doing. So, uh, whatever. I was like, okay. So then, like, some other time, uh, he was like, hey, uh, Scooby, do you want to come over to my house? And I was like, okay. So I went to his house, and, uh, it was, it was, like, dark in his house. All the lights were off, and there was nobody there. And he was like, come on upstairs. He, he was, and he's really thin. He hasn't been eating stuff. And he's like, come up to my attic. Did he use a scary voice? Did he just do a scary voice? No, I'm, okay, I'm doing a scary voice because he's scary. He's a scary guy. He's a scary guy. Well, yeah, because, like I said, he's really thin. Like, he hasn't been, he used to not be thin, and now he's, like, thin. He's, like, super thin. Like, oh, my God, what happened? Like that, okay? So, anyway, it's dark in the house. All the lights are off, and he's, like, come out to the other with... His naturally scary voice. Now, come up to the attic. And I, I was like, oh, okay, I guess so. And up in the attic, uh, he has like a thing that's like, like a, a thing, a machine, okay? Like a f- machine thing. And it's like sitting there. And I was like, what? What's going on? And he's like, well, uh, this is the, f- the machine thing that does the thing I was talking about with stuff. And I was like, oh, for, is that for reals this time? And he's like, yeah, uh, watch. And so he turned it on, and first of all, there's like purple right. And he was like, hey, do you know what that is? And I was like, uh, purple right, I guess, right? And he's like, no, it's ultra purple. And I was like, okay. And then... Wait, I'm sorry, ultra purple? Yeah, he was like really excited. Uh, do you mean... You mean ultraviolet? Well, whatever. I mean, it's like, it's very purple. No, escape. I, when I, yeah, ultraviolet is not like super violet. It's not, well, I mean, it, it's not like very, very violet. It's a different thing. It's, you can't see it. But he did see it. Yes, but uh, I think that's, yeah, that's, he turned on the machine and. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what you, yeah. Okay. So it was like invisible purple right. But he turned on the machine and it's like, now you see invisible purple right. And so I was like, wow, how come I can see it? And he's like, well, this machine, it like shoots a rays or something and it gets inside of your body and it's like stimulating parts of you that can sense stuff that you can't sense. Normal. Like it, it stimulates the the pin the pin the pin the pin needle pine pine needle grand. I'm sorry. And it's what? Is it, it is what? It's it stimulates it the pine the pine needle the pine needle the the 
Do you mean the the pineal gland? Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's like an organ, okay? It's like a sense organ in your head, but it's like it doesn't work. But this machine says, work. And it goes, oh, I better wake up. So that's what he did. He had it on, and that's why I could see the invisible purple. And he's like, that's what's happening. And I, okay, so I'm like sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, God. I started seeing like stuff that was not regular stuff, like weird stuff. And so I like pulled out a gun, and I was like, I got a gun. And he was Has like, it, uh, You have a gun? Well, no, it's a story, okay? Not in real life. I don't have a gun, but in the story, I've got a gun. And I'm like, Okay, I've got a gun. But I didn't say it, I just had a gun. And he was like, Oh, by the way, uh, I didn't mention, but, like, don't move, because if you move, like, then the stuff that you see can see you, and uh, it will probably, like, eat you. And I was like, what? And he was like, well, that's why I had all the, the rights off, because the rights, the, the electricity was, like, shattering the, the stuff, the... <laughs> Out. Like, it was made, it, basically, it made it so in their house, elsewhere in the house, the machine was on, but elsewhere in the house, it was like, through the electricity, make, making this stuff happen. Like, so the other people in the house could see the, the stuff too, and the stuff was seeing them, and it was like, uh, and then it, 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 it ate them, basically. Is what happened. He had, like, people in the house before, and the stuff ate them, because they were, like, moving around. And so anyway, he was like, don't move, because then the stuff will eat you if you move, okay? By the way, I might have mentioned it earlier, but I didn't. And so then, uh, oh, then I was like, okay, I won't move, because I don't want to get it. Eaten. And so I'm just sitting there kind of like freaking out, basically. Because, like, it's hard to explain, okay? Like, you see around you, right? There's, like, real things, okay, that you see, like people and, like, the floor and the walls and the couches and stuff. There's stuff, okay? But then there's, like, other places where there's no stuff, okay? But when the machine is on, there's, there is stuff there. And some of it is, like, arrive stuff. And it's, like, arrive stuff. And some of it is just other stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, a bar. But you can't see it. Anyway, so everywhere in this attic, there's Something. There's stuff. And I'm seeing all the stuff. And I'm scared. Because it's like, what is all the stuff? What is all the stuff? And he said not to move, so I'm not moving. Okay? So then he's like, oh, you said that I couldn't do this, but I did do it. So, haha. And, um, guess what? It, you were like, I wonder what, what ate those people. Well, guess what? I know what ate those people. Uh, cause it wants to eat me, but I'm like, I don't want to eat, get eaten. So I'm gonna let them eat you <laughs> instead. That's what he said to me. Okay. And, it, and he's like, oh, guess what? Uh, it's right behind you. So <laughs> why don't you, why don't you turn around and take a look at it? <laughs> and you will be very scared and then it will see you and, uh, it will eat you. <laughs> So, that's what you should do. And that's what he was saying to me, okay? And, uh, I was like, I was like thinking, and I was like, oh, that's not, that's not good. Cause there's a, maybe there's a thing behind me gonna kill me. So, anyway, much later, uh, they were right, the people were right, came to the house. Wait, I'm sorry, wait, you, you, I was, hold on, uh, 
you said the thing was going to eat you, so now you're jumping ahead. Yeah, no, this is right. This is how the story goes. So, uh, so like when the cops came to the house, I mean, when the police came to the house, they were like, "Well, uh, you're under arrest because you you've got a gun," and people said that somebody shot a gun. <laughs> That's what I did. I shot the gun. But they were like, "You probably killed your friend because your friend is dead, right?" Because they're thinking I shot him. With the gun. But uh, they had to let me go because I didn't shoot him. I shot the machine. And he just died for some other reason. So that's what happened. That's it? I mean, that's the end? Yeah. Uh, I shot the machine to save myself. You see how it goes? And he died. And they were like, you shot him. But I didn't shoot him. He had, like, something else. Well, what what, what killed him? I don't know. Something else. Uh... I mean, it wasn't the thing, because the thing would make him disappear, right, to, like it did to other people. But it, it doesn't matter. He's dead. So the things that are stuff are not going to be around, because he won't rebuild the machine. So it's okay. But you always have to know that there's creepy stuff on you right now. Mm-hmm. That's the scary part. Right now, there's creepy stuff all around you. <laughs> so, I mean, well, like germs, you mean? Uh, well, I mean, there's germs, yeah. But, like, I mean, no, like super creepy stuff. Well, like what? I mean, you didn't describe it. You just said stuff. It's stuff that eats people. I didn't turn around to look at the really scary thing. But the other stuff was like, I don't know, um, goopy stuff and... <laughs> art of stuff. Just stuff. Just like invisible stuff that you can't see. If you're, if you're, if you're pin, if you're pine, pine, pine. Pineal gland. I think it's pineal gland. If, if that thing was getting zapped with stuff, with ray stuff. You're using the word stuff for too many things. What's, which stuff are we talking about now? Okay. When the machine is on, it shoots to the organ in your brain, and you could see creepy things all around, okay? That's the main thrust of this story. That's what you should learn from the story. Well, I don't, I don't know if that's what you should take. I mean, it's not a true story. It's a horror story. Yeah, but that's what's scary. There's stuff right now, okay? All around. Creepy things. That is certainly true. That is certainly true, Scapey. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the very first episode of Scapey Stories. Again, I get to say it. Thank you for listening to Scapey Stories. I will be back with more scary things in the future. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you, Scapey. That was very good. Thank you. Thank you. That was my very first episode, so I'm pretty excited. Well, and rightly so, rightly so. And I can tell you really enjoyed being able to use the echo effect. Oh, yeah. Because it, well, it helps to make things even scarier. <laughs> I mean, my story was probably pretty scary, but the echo is like, scary, 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 scary. Like, double, like, well, more than double, because it's like more than two. So, thank you for having me do a video show. It was good. It was good. It was very good. Uh, I hope everybody out there who likes H.P. Lovecraft uh, enjoyed that version of his classic tale. Now, we're not always going to do H.P. Lovecraft. There'll probably be all sorts of different writers, uh, you know, classics, classic stories, classic horror stories. But if you ha- So if you have a request for a classic horror story, preferably in the public domain, although I guess there's some dispute over H.P. Lovecraft's works. But if you have any interest in a specific story, please feel free to drop me a line. Uh, and let me let us know in general what you think of the new section of the show, the new segment. You can write to us at castinwax at gmail.com. And you can tell me how good 
it was. Or like how scared you were, because it was probably pretty creepy, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if people were scared. I would uh I'm, I might be a little surprised myself. But uh, thank yes, it was good. It was, I, I, and I applaud you. Thank you for that. Right, good. Thank you, Rory, for being nice. Uh, so we do have one more show, and it is a episode of Guard Duty. In recent episodes of Guard Duty, you have been hearing uh, problems in the Guard. Uh, Binary Girl broke her arm, but she can't afford to take time off of her regular job. So while the broken-armed version of her is on Guard Duty, her regular self is on uh, is working at a, at a place of business. In addition, you know, Jack had some problems where you know he didn't have money to help. Uh, he couldn't take time off to to help his sick sister, but he had to. Uh, and uh, well, he ended up getting docked money. For from the guard duty. Look, it's all sorts of money stuff, all sorts of money problems. Well, in the last episode, the stallion called the meeting, and now we get to hear it. It's the very first, I'm sorry, it's the very second time that we've had the entire guard in one location having a bit of a meeting, and I think it's a pretty interesting one. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. It's called Acting in Union. The Earth Guard. The planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth and defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower, their base of operations, they watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the Guard takes shifts monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of Guard Duty. This week, the Earth Guard in Acting in Union. Yes, golden horseshoes. Hey guys, guys, can I have your attention for a second? Guys, guys. Well, you're all here. I just wanted to ask if uh, anybody is willing to make a guest appearance on my... No! Whatever. I'll be the only superstar then. Seriously, you have no sense of what is or is not appropriate, do you? All right. Attention, everyone. Thank you for coming. I've called this meeting because I think there are a few things we need to discuss in regards to our arrangement with the government. You're damn right we do. These people need to live and the government isn't helping. I understand that. Jack gets his pay docked when he has to go home and take care of his family. Barbara can't afford to stop working even though she's injured. You're not taking care of these people, Chuck. I'm trying to tell you I know that... you founded this Earth God, but if this is the way you... God damn it, Bob, shut up! I am still leader of this team, and as such, I think I have a right to speak before you jump to conclusions about how I'm letting down the guard. Fine. You have the floor. And I don't need you to give it to me. Now, as I was saying, since Warren Grant replaced Davis Moore as our government contact, there have been significant changes in some of our coverage and financial arrangements. We've noticed. I haven't. Why would you let them do that to us? Yeah, come on, man. What's the deal? People, please. I wasn't given a choice in the matter. If Grant had his way, he would have dropped medical coverage completely. 
What? On what basis? As far as he's concerned, we're vigilantes. His feeling is that we choose to help people. We choose to put ourselves in the line of fire, knowing the dangers involved, so why should they have to pay for our mistakes? But we're helping people! He seems to feel that if the government has no oversight in how we operate, they should not be liable for costs associated with operation. That's preposterous. We fulfill a public need. He wanted to pull the funding for cleanup costs, collateral damage as well. I had to give him some sort of compromise, and this seemed like the best option at the time. Except that it totally screwed me over. I understand that. That's why I called this meeting. Something needs to be done. What? What can we do? They're the government! Why would they listen to us? I propose that we take a hard line with Grant. Tell him we'll accept nothing less than full restoration of the provisions set by Davis Moore. Um, or what? Are we... are we going to attack the Capitol? What? No! Okay, good. Because that's what Dr. Fast thought you meant. Well, it was not! My mind is capable of processing millions of entirely separate concepts at the We're not same- going to attack the Capitol! Then what exactly are you proposing? If he won't agree to our terms, we go on strike. You must be We can't go on strike. Everyone, please, settle down. I know this is an important issue. That's why I called this meeting. Everyone gets a vote. We're not going to do this unless it's what the group wants. Does anyone want to say anything before we take the vote? All right, one at a time. You'll all get a chance. Doctor, please go ahead. Thank you. We need to be pragmatic about this. We need to ask where we place the value of what we do. Are we doing this for the money, or are we doing this because it's the right thing to do? It's not about that at all. We do it because it's right, but that doesn't change the fact that people need money to live. Says a billionaire. Then take it from me. We need money to live. If there wasn't two of me, I couldn't do my job properly with this broken arm. So I'd be on leave at my day job and unable to perform on the guard. How would I eat? May I continue, please? Of course. Everyone. Wait your turn, please. As I was saying, I think we can see that if we evaluate the situation logically, we can come to a clear decision. If we say that better coverage is required to facilitate our better serving the greater good, and that strike is the best way to persuade the government to provide those funds... But it isn't right! I mean, I need that coverage desperately, but we can't go on strike in order to get it. What if... what if one of our villains attacks? People could be hurt! You see, Jack, that's why we need to look at it objectively. If we can say definitively that the better funding would lead to a greater good, then a certain amount of damage would be considered acceptable losses. What losses are acceptable to you? Have mortal lives been deemed so worthless now? How many lives would be squandered away before it outweigh financial gain? It's not about financial gain. It's about respect. I don't need money. I don't need medical coverage. Because you're in no danger, robot and all. But that's not the point. We're doing a public service. This government seems to think anyone who spends their time in anything other than self-interest is an idiot. That's why we don't pay teachers well, we don't pay police well, and now they're trying to take money away from the Earth Guard. I already cover over half our operational expenses myself. What do they want from us? I don't know. I mean, in some ways, I help people for selfish reasons. If people suffer, the world of dreams gets really depressing. I like when it's yellow. Yeah, Howard's right! I don't help people because I feel like I have to. It's a job. For me, being on the Earth Guard is just like singing on my amazing new album. I have this mind-blowing ability, and someone offered to pay me to use it. I wouldn't be making a record if I wasn't getting paid. Who's Howard? So if the evolutionist had offered you a job first, you'd be on the other team? That's just silly. I doubt he covers any medical at all. Look, you guys are missing the point. They need us more than we need them. They can't push us around like this. We dictate the terms of this relationship. And if they don't like it, they're on their own. That's so heartless. 
Eh. We can't do this if we're divided on the issue. We need a clear majority. Otherwise, it'll tear the team apart. The bylaws of the Guard do have provisions for strike, and according to those, we need two-thirds of the group in favor. Correct. But it also says that once a strike is declared, any member of the Guard found to have broken the strike will be kicked off the team. So it's a very serious decision. I think we're all taking it very seriously. I don't think I understand what we're arguing about. <sighs> we're considering going on strike until they give us better medical coverage. Oh, okay. Coverage. Like blankets? No. No, it's about money, Captain. You know, like the stipend you collect? Oh, I see. What? We get paid? It's money all that holds sway in your minds. It's not doing what's right its own reward. Of course it is. But you don't need to buy things. The companies you shill for give you everything. And you don't need to eat. This is getting us nowhere. Let's just take a preliminary vote to see where everyone stands. If we don't get a two-thirds vote, we can discuss alternatives. Fine. I want to be clear on this. This vote will authorize the threat of strike in negotiation with Warren Grant. It doesn't mean we'd go on strike immediately. It merely gives me the authority to declare one if necessary. I've got a meeting with Grant tomorrow afternoon. Are we all clear on what we're voting on here? All right. All in favor, say aye. 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 What? But you said I gotta vote my wallet. All opposed? Nay. Nay. Why is everyone looking at me? Forget it. Six, four, two against, one absent-minded, the motion passes. All right. I'll do everything in my power to make sure it won't come to it. But if Grant won't meet our terms, we strike. Grant will be coming to the tower tomorrow afternoon for a meeting. I'll keep everyone posted after that. Until then, it's business as usual. Meeting dismissed. What? Oh. Full says she thinks this is a mistake. What? Full. She's right over there. You know, Howard, you might want to keep all this full talk to yourself. Who's Howard? Jordan D. White, with Michael D. Mikowski as the narrator, Daniel Schwartz as Dr. Fast, Jordan D. White as the Jack, Rich Bellin as the Stallion, Derek McNish as Broadband, Angela Tymon as Peas Blossom, Elijah Weberhan as Mr. Fahrenheit, Devin White as Voodoo Lady, Lynn Nelson as Binary Girl, Roach as Captain Fantasy with theme song by Michael D. Mikowski. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that episode of Guard Duty, because I know I enjoyed it. Uh, now we are at that point again where we are at the listener mail section, which means I uh, I have decided to let Scape sing at the beginning of our listener mail section every time. Not the listener mail song, though. It's a new song every episode, kind of celebrating that episode. So, Scape... 
Take it away with your brand new song. Thank you, Scape. Thank you yes, very much. Sure, of uh, so you you all should actually take the advice of that song and write to the listener mail. It is again at castinwax at gmail dot com because because we don't have any mail again, so no mail, nothing to read. Sorry, that's it. Zero mail. I find, and I, I was I got to say I was shocked because especially with all that Frank Allen stuff from last episode. Can we actually let's play the clip again? Uh, we have a clip of Frank Allen from last week. You both losers. I'm leaving. And I will never be back. You guys suck balls. After all that, I thought someone would would have something to say. Someone would write in with some uh, some input on that. But none. Zero. Zero listener mail. Castinwax at gmail.com. Please write to us. We love your feedback. Especially positive feedback, but we'll take the negative feedback because we've got nothing to say otherwise. So, next week, uh, it is a holiday weekend. It is uh, the weekend of right after Thanksgiving. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Uh, so, But we're not going to have a regular show. We're probably going to have a shortened show. As a result, I'm not 100% sure what's on it. I've got a few ideas, but haven't decided yet. So make sure you come back next week and uh, you'll you'll see a who knows. It's going to be crazy, but it's going to be good. I, I assure you that much. So thanks so much for listening to this podcast. And we will all, every one of us, be seeing you. Actually uses heroin is a jerk.